Chapter thirty eight of The Sword of Damocles by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bluebeard's Chamber. Present fears are less than horrible imaginings. Macbeth. Clarence Ensign was not surprised at the refusal he received from Paula. He had realized from the first that the love of this beautiful woman would be difficult to obtain even if no rival with more powerful inducements than his own should chance to cross his path she was one who could be won to give friendship consideration and sympathy without stint but from the very fact that she could so easily be induced to grant these he foresaw the improbability or at least the difficulty of enticing her to yield more a woman whose hand warms towards the other sex in ready friendship is the last to succumb to the entreaties of love the circle of her sympathies is so large the man must do well who of all his sex pierces to the sacred centre the appearance of mr sylvester on the scene settled his fate or so he believed but he was too much in earnest to yield his hopes without another effort so upon the afternoon of this eventful day he called upon paula the first glimpse he obtained of her countenance convinced him that he was indeed too late not for him that anxious pallor giving way to a rosy tinge at the least sound in the streets without not for him that wandering glance burning with questions to which nothing seemed able to grant reply the very smile with which she greeted him was a blow it was so forgetful of the motive that had brought him there miss fairchild he stammered with a generous impulse to save her unnecessary pain you have rejected my offer and settled my doom but let me believe that i have not lost your regard or that hold upon your friendship which it has hitherto been my pleasure to enjoy she woke at once to a realization of his position oh mr ensign she murmured can you doubt my regard or the truth of my friendship it is for me to doubt i have caused you such pain and as you may think so ruthlessly and with such lack of consideration i have been peculiarly placed she blushingly proceeded a woman does not always know her own heart or if she does sometimes hesitates to yield to its secret impulses i have led you astray these last few weeks but i first went astray myself the real path in which i ought to tread was only last night revealed to me i can say no more mr ensign nor is it necessary replied he you have chosen the better path and the better man may life abound in joys for you miss fairchild she drew herself up and her hand went involuntarily to her heart it is not joy i seek said she but what he looked at her face lit with that heavenly gleam that visited it in rare moments of deepest emotion and wondered joy is in seeing the one you love happy cried she earth holds none that is sweeter or higher then may that be yours he murmured 
manfully subduing the jealous pang natural under the circumstances and taking the hand she held out to him he kissed it with greater reverence and truer affection than when in the first joyous hours of their intercourse he carried it so gallantly to his lips and she oh difference of time and feeling did not remember as of yore the noble days of chivalry though he was in this moment so much more than ever the true knight and the reproachless cavalier for paula's heart was heavy fears too unsubstantial to be met and vanquished had haunted her steps all day the short note which mr sylvester had written her lay like lead upon her bosom she longed for the hours to fly yet dreaded to hear the clock tick out the moments that possibly were destined to bring her untold suffering and disappointment a revelation awaiting her in mr sylvester's desk upstairs that meant separation and farewell for words of promise and devotion can be spoken and the heart that hopes does not limit time to hours with bertram's entrance her fears took absolute shape mr sylvester was not coming home to dinner thenceforward till seven o'clock she sat with her hand on her heart waiting at the stroke of the clock she rose and procuring a candle from her room went slowly upstairs watch for me she had said to aunt belinda for fear i shall need your care when i come down what is there about a mystery however trivial that thrills the heart with vague expectancy at the least lift of the concealing curtain as paula paused before the door which never to her knowledge had opened to the passage of any other form than that of mr sylvester she was conscious of an agitation wholly distinct from that which had hitherto afflicted her all the past curiosity of owner concerning this room together with her devices for satisfying that curiosity recurred to paula with startling distinctness it was as if the white hand of that dead wife had thrust itself forth from the shadows to pull her back the candle trembled in her grasp and she unconsciously recoiled but the next moment the thought of mr sylvester struck warmth and determination through her being and hastily thrusting the key into the lock she pushed open the door and stepped across the threshold her first movement was that of surprise in all her dreams of the possible appearance of this room she had never imagined it to be like this plain rude and homely its high walls unornamented its floor uncovered its furniture limited to a plain desk and two or three rather uncomfortable-looking chairs it struck upon her fancy with the same sense of incongruity as might the sight of a low-eaved cottage in the midst of stately palaces and lordly pleasure-grounds setting down her candle she folded her hands to still their tremblings and slowly looked around her this was the spot then to which he was accustomed to flee when oppressed by any care or harassed by any difficulty this cold bare uninviting apartment with its forbidding aspect unsoftened by the tokens of a woman's care or presence 
to this room humbler than any in her aunt's home in grotewell he had brought all his griefs from the day his baby lay dead in the rooms below to that awful hour which saw the wife and mother brought into his doors and laid a cold and pulseless form in the midst of his gorgeous parlours here he had met his own higher impulses face to face and wrestled with them through the watches of the night in this wilderness of seeming poverty he had dreamed perhaps his first fond dream of her as a woman and signed perhaps his final renunciation of her as the future companion of his life what did it mean why a spot of so much desolation in the midst of so much that was lordly and luxurious her fears might give her a possible interpretation but she would not listen to fears only his words should instruct her going to the desk she opened it a sealed envelope addressed to herself immediately met her eyes taking it out with a slow and reverent touch she began to read the long and closely written letter which it contained and the little candle burned on shedding its rays over her bended head and upon the dismal walls about her with a persistency that seemed to bring out as in letters of fire the hidden history of long ago with its vanished days and its forgotten midnights. End of chapter 38